Thank you for joining us for the Sunrise Message of the Week podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Sunrise Christian Center and our sponsors, The Sin Network and Seattle Bible College. For more information, check out isunrise.org. Help us get the word out by subscribing, downloading, rating, and commenting on our podcast. The more you interact with our content, the more people will hear it. This week is Vision Sunday 2.0. Pastor John shares the vision for 2021. Check it out. Amen. Well, I'm kind of getting to do Vision Sunday 2.0 uh today and so uh we started doing our vision sundays in the fall to kind of follow our school year calendar but this year is so wonky or whatever you want to call it right it's just it's been a hard year to determine the future and with anything i say i want to say it's all by the grace of god whatever plans we have uh, it's all um, if the Lord allows. I think that's what the Apostle James wrote to us in the scripture, right? You're supposed to say when you're making plans about the future, if the Lord allows. And if 2020 has taught us anything, is that James had it right all along. You don't, you know, like, be careful about what plans you say you're going to make. Uh, and I, I know there was maybe a lot of prophetic words about clear vision of 2020. And I'm like, if it, it did not, it was, it was more like a snowball. It's like the longer, it didn't get clear the longer it went. It got more like, what? What is going on, right? Uh, and so we want to be careful about making future plans, but we also do know that God does call us to plan and invest in our future. We have a future worth investing in, and we have hope in God. Um, and so I was very vague, and I shared some of the heart behind what we were doing in the fall uh, on our Vision Sunday. And our little theme, Make is the New Go. I'm not changing the theme up, but I wanted to reemphasize and clarify some things because there are some things we're going to go after together um, uh, more specifically. And I want to let you in on those things as a church family. So I want to refresh you with the scripture that we've uh, built our our theme for the year on um, in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, which is referred to by uh, followers of Jesus as the Great Commission passage. And in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus has just done the greatest thing in all of human history. He has died on the cross. He was buried and he rose again, according to the prophetic scriptures. And he was about to ascend to heaven where he reigns now until death is overthrown. And so he's in this stage in between ascending to heaven and just having risen from the dead and conquering the grave, right? And it's in this moment where Jesus is giving these marching orders, this great commission, this assignment to the church of Jesus Christ. And he says uh, in verse 18 of Matthew 28, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so I was in a class at Northwest, actually, where Craig's been on the faculty as a uh, as an adjunct professor, um, and I was taking a class on uh, Bible interpretation, and we were talking about commonly uh, m- common misunderstandings uh, as a result of, of Bible translation. And one of those was on Matthew 28, and this is a few years ago. And it took me a while to kind of unpack its significance, at least uh, for my life and in my understanding of how to follow Christ. It was very significant because. In Matthew 28, uh, when you get to verse 19, where Jesus says, uh, go and make disciples, it sounds like 
as we read it in English, that Jesus is giving two commands in this verse to, uh, the, to his followers, to the church. Go and make. Go into the world and make disciples. But in the original language, um, in the Greek, when you look at it, it, it's actually the word go is a passive verb. It's not an act. It's not a command verb. It's not an instruction. It's, it's a passive verb. It's as you're going. It's like, hey, on your way to the store, like, uh, hey, when you're going, you know, like, or maybe you're on your way to work and your spouse is like, hey, on your way to work, could you stop by the store and get that? Well, they weren't telling you to go to work, right? Jesus wasn't actually instructing us in Matthew 28, hey, guys need to go. He is, he's implying as you're going into the world, as you're going into your workplace, as you're going to different nations. And we do know that in other places, Jesus did instruct us to go into all the world. In Acts 1.8, he gives us power to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, right? So we are, we are supposed to go. But in this verse, the command is, the emphasis is not on going. Now, I've preached whole sermons on go, like a whole bunch of times. Put the go in the gospel all through my ministry and preaching. And I've put the emphasis on go, go, go. And I think in a lot of ways, the American church has emphasized go, go, go. But I think we've lost the pattern and the intention of what Jesus was really trying to get us to do was, was to be uh, disciples who make disciples. The church, the mission that he gave us was his commandment was not go, it was make. Now we get people all amped up about go. Did you go? Have you gone? What was it like when you went? Was it exciting? Was it good? Did people receive what you had to say? Were you nervous? I was a little nervous. It was pretty good, though. Do you think it was pretty good? I, I mean, I think I'll, I, might, I might try it again. Like, did you go on a short-term mission trip? Have you gone to do a vacation Bible school down the street? Have you gone to your neighbor? Have you gone to your workplace? Have you told them? And now we are instructed. Our commission really is twofold. In, in Mark's gospel, the emphasis is go and preach. Uh, here, it's, it's make disciples as you go, right? Um, and so we, we do know that preaching and proclaiming is a part of it, but that what Jesus really had in mind was a, a family of families uh, that makes disciples, a, a community that's alive in Jesus. And when we found our life in Jesus, that life wants to reproduce in other disciples who will reproduce that life of Jesus in others. And then this family is a growing family that multiplies through disciple making. And so the church isn't the building, the church isn't the staff or the people that are paid. The church is the people, the family of God, on the mission of God, together, working to help people become fully obedient, Jesus said, to everything that he's commanded us. We baptize and we teach to make people become strong in their faith. But we do it in a way that causes us, of course, to replicate our faith. We, do, we don't stop going but we have this little phrase that we use for the years that make is the new go and people said orange is the new black or pink is the new black or whatever. I don't know, but make is the new go. We've got we to gotta put our eggs in the basket of disciple making. And I believe it's critical for the time that we're in is that we as a church learn to return to the way of Christ and his apostles. And so I believe that there's some things that Jesus wants to do in this hour in his church that feel very new to us but are actually, are actually very old actually returning to the pattern of Christ and the apostles. When people get up and teach new revelation in a church, that's when you kind of actually want to head for the door. Because whenever somebody's got like, I got this new revelation, I'm like, the old one is still pretty good. And in fact, it's perfect. It cannot be improved upon. When people teach things that have never, they're like, you've never heard this in church before. And then I'm always like, man, that's like, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Make sure not everybody's wearing the same Nikes, but run out of that building if it's never been taught in the church before. 
right? The gospel doesn't need help. It doesn't need to be improved upon with somebody's new idea 2,020 years later. So I think there's things that are going to be new to us at sunrise and what God wants to do in his church in this hour of church history, but they're ancient, they're grounded, they're foundational, they're biblical, and they're rooted in the historic uh, example that we see in Christ and his apostles, and so even in Matthew 28, we see these two realities. We see that the church's focus is really to be on people. It's on disciple making. And these two little emphasis I'm using, uh, it's a phrase that I really believe embodies what God wants to do at Sunrise Christian Center. And he wants us to be a church that's all about his presence and all about people. And we see both of those realities. We see that the, the commission is focused on people. It's on disciples. It's not programs and structure. It wasn't about what kind of buildings we met in or what kind of church governance we had primarily. It was about the people of God impacting people all over uh, from every nation, teaching them to uh, observe everything Jesus commanded. It's a people movement. But Jesus also said this at the end of this commission. He said, and I will be with you always to the end of the age. And that he he was going to be present with those that are on his mission, that are a part of his family, extending the rule uh, and his reign uh, across the globe. And so I want to talk about being a church of his presence and people where our emphasis is on discipleship and give you a little bit of the, I'm giving you a little of the overboot. I want to give you some specifics now uh, in some areas that I was not specific um, in the fall. And the first is to be a person that's daily experiences the presence of God. We're only going to be collectively strong as a church if we're individually growing in our faith and our relationship with Jesus. And there's no greater way to grow close to the Lord than to have a daily time of Bible reading and prayer and to encounter the Lord's presence, to encounter the person of Christ through his word. And so we've got a Bible reading plan available. There's some print copies at our uh, connection desk in the lobby on your way out. If you'd like to get one, there's also, there's digital versions on our Sunrise app and on our website, isunrise.org. So we do a two-year through the Bible reading plan, and we're restarting at the beginning. So in this, in 2021, we're going through the first half. We're starting in Genesis and Matthew. We're going for, through the first half of the Old Testament, the first half of the New Testament. In 2022, uh, should the Lord tarry, right? Um, then uh, we'll go through the second half of the Old Testament and the second half of the New Testament. Now, some people do one-year Bible reading plans. I found that this has been very helpful for myself and a lot of people to take a little bit more of a bite-sized approach now, I know some people I know are doing like a, the 30-day shred right now, they're calling it, where they do through the whole Bible in 30, the first 30 days of 2021, and they're, they're in that right now. So you read like, you know, like your first Bible reading days, like Genesis, and then next day, Exodus, you know, like you, you go uh, even more than uh, one book a day. And, and that, there's different purposes for different ways that you read the Bible. Sometimes you read a lot. Uh, in one sitting to get a bigger overview. And then I like the two-year because you get to really get, I remember, I retain more when I go through this plan because you read about one to three chapters a day depending on where you're at. And it's also easier for people to make up if they miss a day. And I think we need a support group for people that stop their one-year Bible reading plans because they missed a few days and they're like, I can't read 30 chapters today to make up what I missed, you know, this week. Um, And so 
but if one year works for you, then God bless you. I'm not, we're not forcing everybody into the same Bible plan. But what I am trying to say is if you don't have a plan or you'd like to be on the same plan that Grace and I are on or that many people in the church have been on, join us in our two-year through the Bible plan. You can also use the Blue Letter Bible app. It's a free app, and they have a two, the two-year plan, and you just start on year one of the two-year plan um, if you want to have a digital uh, reminder or checklist um, to add to it. Um, but it's so important that we read the scripture daily and we grow. And what I've found about being a student of the Bible and reading through the Bible year after year and these different plans and these different uh, things that I'm a part of is that it, the benefits are cumulative. Like I learned so much more this last couple of years from reading through the Bible again than I did previously. So it's like, it's not only what you get day to day or what you're gonna get this year, it's what you're gonna get in 10 years or 20 years if you become a lifetime student of the word, more, more of the dots connect, more of the story starts to make sense and you start to see the big purpose of God uh, through the scripture. So start today so that you can benefit your future uh, self and growth in the Lord. And nobody becomes an expert at anything overnight anyway, right? And so you got to give yourself daily to this habit. And this, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is the number one habit and commitment that you should have with the Lord as time daily with him and his word and in, in, in his uh, presence in prayer. So I want to encourage you to do that. And as you talk about God's presence, I want to encourage you as a church to make the throne room, your own room, or make our prayer room your own room. We have an upper room prayer room that's been put together, that's available. We give out key cards. You can get access to it. There's a sign up on our website. We want to see this year filled with prayer. We are a church that's about the presence of Jesus. And when I talk about his presence, I'm talking about the supernatural manifestation of who he is, where he intersects, he the sovereign, ruling, supernatural God that he is, intersects with space and time and meets with us in a way that we tangibly sense him in our services, in our homes, in our city, where his power shows up, where miracles happen, where healing takes place, where people have visions and dreams and the, the supernatural intersects with our natural world. We're talking about being a church of awakening and revival and this only comes through a people who minister to the heart of Jesus through prayer and worship and adoration because he's worthy above everything else, not just because we have needs or crises or we need a breakthrough in the culture, but because he's worth being ministered to, because he's worth being pursued and adored and loved and worshiped. And we want to see our prayer room full this year. We're going to have some prayer meeting things that I talk about in just a moment. But what I really believe as I read revival history, I see small bands of people that get together to pray secretly and give themselves to prayer. And I want to encourage you as a household, as a husband and wife, as a small group of friends to sign up for time in our prayer room this year and to give yourself to prayer. We were never, ever trying to back. We backed off of some of our corporate prayer meetings because of so many practical challenges that came up with COVID and Pastor Scott passing on to glory and Pastor Eric, our worship pastor being done, our other worship staff uh, getting a break. I mean, there were so many things that just made it practically challenging to keep some of our corporate prayer, but we never stopped man prayer. We never stopped our women prayer meetings. We had people in the house of prayer. We are a contending house of prayer that is contending for the purposes of God in our generation. And as long as I'm senior pastor, we are not backing down from that. And we have not backed down from that. This is a time for awakening. This is a time, I believe, for revival. And it's going to come through people that give themselves to fervent, continual prayer. So find out how to get in our prayer room through our website and come and join people at random times. I love to think about this 
this church because there's times in the middle of the night where two or three people are just seeking the face of Jesus and somebody's planning their next crime. Somebody's asleep, getting ready for the next day at work. But someone is at Sunrise Christian Center ministering to the heart of Jesus and pulling the purposes of God from heaven into the earth as they pray and intercede on behalf of our city and our nation. Amen. So join us in this revolution of prayer. The next thing is related to this. We're going to do something called the three to seven fast. We're going to do it four times this year. I believe that the body of Christ needs to get healthy uh, spiritually and physically and that fasting is one of the, it's, if there is a shortcut to seeing God do supernatural things in your life, uh, it's the way that you don't want to maybe go according to your flesh, but it's fasting and it's humbling yourself in prayer and fasting. And so this uh, Friday, um, January the 8th, we are going to do uh, a special prayer time and we're going to start, I'm going to encourage you to prayerfully consider three to seven days of fasting, whether that's just a water fast, juiced fast, a Daniel fast or partial fast, or you don't eat two meals and then you eat dinner. But I'd act, I would ask you to consider fasting with us starting uh, this Friday for three to seven days. And if you want to go further than that or you've already started one, then God bless you. But we're going to do this four times. We're going to do it each quarter. So we're going to do it in January, and then I'm going to give some dates out pretty soon that will tell you when we're going to do it in the spring and in the summer and in the, in the fall as well. Because I really believe that uh, some of the things that God wants to do are going to be through extended fasting. And I'll try to release some articles, some videos, some things that will give you practical instruction, will give you faith. Of course, if you have health challenges, um, maybe you shouldn't do a full fast right now or you need to get medical uh, consultation before you do. We're here to help you um, with this. But I, uh, we're going to do our first uh, fast starting this Friday, the 8th. And I would encourage you to prayerfully consider joining us in that for at least three days, maybe seven, and, or somewhere in between as the Lord would lead you. No one should fast under compulsion. It's got to be a decision that you willfully are uh, participating in because you're ready and your job, your physical demand on your body and things like that allow you um, to be able to do it. But there are different types of fasts you can do to accommodate your different types of uh, season or, or challenges that you have uh, maybe in your life or schedule right now. And so I want to encourage you uh, to join us for fasting. And so we're going to do that uh, throughout the year so it can be things that train us. And the other thing about fasting is the benefits are cumulative as well. The more you fast, the better your body is at fasting. I'll share some of these videos with you. There's so much uh, research that's being done right now on the power of fasting right now. It's amazing. Of course, if we would have followed the scripture, we would have got the dynamic benefits of it uh, all along, but scientists are starting to catch up with what the Bible says about the benefits for healing and strength and, and recuperation um, from fasting. And I, I want to see our church uh, not just fast at the, at the beginning of the year, or do, but to learn to do this as a lifestyle. And so that's why we're going to do it throughout the year. Um, and then we're going to do something called Revival Nights in 2021. We're not going to do any conferences in 2021. We've, done, we've done a, been a church that has a lot of prophetic conferences, healing conferences, all sorts of conferences. We're not doing conferences this year. We're doing Revival Nights. And uh, Revival Nights are going to be unique because they're either going to be a prayer meeting, they're going to be a guest speaker, or they're going to be a worship night. And I'm toying with the idea of not letting anybody know who comes all year to speak. We're going to bring in national speakers, men and women of God uh, from around the country, maybe from around the world, from different um, 
maybe even local ministers from other churches, and we're just going to give God space to move. It was apparent to me that as we spent a lot of time in prayer this summer as a church, and even a little bit after that in the early fall, that God's glory was starting to show up in our meetings in such a strong way, but we didn't have enough time or space to really give expression to what I believe God wanted to do. And so I can't call it a revival night and promise revival, right? But we, we are going to give a space that says we want more time to pray, to worship, to minister to the Lord, to minister to people, to let God's power um, touch people. And so uh, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't want to, you know, I like to honor speakers that come and let you know who's coming and, and how great they are and all of that. But at the same time, I think it's important that we really learn to just gather around the person of Christ. And as I read revival history, a lot of the revivals, they quit saying who was going to preach that night because they didn't want the focus to be on a person. They wanted the focus to be on the Lord and on people seeking the Lord with their whole heart. And so that's the idea I'm toying with a little bit, but we are going to have revival nights. There's not going to be a cost for them. We'll just take free will offerings when people uh, travel in, and, we, and we'll just trust that the Lord will take care of all of the needs of bringing people in to minister. Sometimes it might be like two or three nights in a row, or it might be a Friday and a Sunday. It might be just a Friday night. Our first revival night is going to be to start the year in prayer on Jan this Friday, January 8th at 7 o'clock. I don't even know if I got a worship team, a sound person. I don't even know what everybody else on my team is doing, but I'm going to be here Friday night. Um, my wife Grace is healing up, so I believe she'll be here with me. And we are just going to seek the Lord um, for revival and awakening. And this is a major uh, something, this is something that my dad laid a foundation for, and we're going to continue to be a house of prayer. We're going to continue to press in. We call our house of prayer the shop, Sunrise House of Prayer. Um, and there's all sorts of information on our website about how you can get into the prayer room, how you can join us, and we'll have information about these revival nights. But the first one, you're invited this Friday night, 7 o'clock, in person, maybe online. Um, and uh, we're going to go for Jesus. That's what we're here for. And I believe that it's a time for miracles and healing. I believe against the backdrop of 2020, whatever you call it, right, of COVID-19, that God wants to do miraculous things, that he wants us to manifest hope and faith. And so through this increase I of his presence, of prayer, of this focus, I believe God wants to do incredible things. And I think now is the time. Now is the time to see the people of God rise up, but it's going to be a people that are humble, people that are repentant, people that are, are, are submitting to the conviction of the Lord in prayer, and that God, I believe, is going to use to see great movements um, in the earth in this hour. And so that's what I'm talking about, some specifics about his presence. Now, people, I want to talk to you about people a little bit. I've talked about make is the new go, this heart of discipleship. We want to grow our groups. We want to keep reaching people through discipleship. We're going through a first principles series. If you're newer here on Wednesday night, we have several groups meeting in our building here that'll start again this week. And then we also have some that are meeting in people's homes and whatnot throughout the region. And in first principles, we're learning what it means to be a church that's on the mission of Jesus. We're learning to be what it means to be the church corporately that makes disciples. Now, I've gotten different messages or people telling me different things like, well, I, you know, if we're in all these discipleship groups, you know, and all the things that are happening in our nation, shouldn't we be only praying right now? And are, are we just, uh, are we, are, are we just thinking we're going to get persecuted? And so you're teaching us another, no, I'm, I'm not, we're not in the first principles because I think that the church is getting, going into persecution mode right now and is about to be 
marginalized. I believe that we are in a great, the reason we're doing discipleship is because I believe that God wants to give us a new wineskin for the, which is an old one, like I said, uh, really, but for what he wants to do in this hour. I believe that 20, one of the gifts of 2020 is that we get to reevaluate the way church has been done and realize maybe we're not really fruitful according to the way of Christ and his apostles, and we need to learn to pivot and move uh, for again, for us, it's new, but to a pivot back to a very old model of the way the, the church grew organically and the church was very strong. And when uh, persecution does arise in our country, um, then it doesn't matter when you are walking in according to the pattern of Christ and his apostles and the gospels and the book of Acts, then I, I believe that when persecution does come, it doesn't matter so much. It actually causes you to maybe even multiply even more or grow even more because of the, the, the structure that you have is more flexible and more resilient to different pressures that come. And so the first principles is not to hide us in the corner and cause us to be self-focused. Discipleship is never supposed to be about people's personal growth. That is one part of discipleship, but it is not all of discipleship. Our discipleship material is about a movement rising up where we don't just learn uh, to, to grow more intellectually, but we learn what it means to be the church that's on mission so that we become, we see the theology, we see the structure, we see the the, the wineskin, the system. We see how it works and how we're a part and how we can make a difference in our workplace and in our marriage and in our family and in our home. And we don't just go to church, but we are the church of Jesus Christ. We the people are the people. We are the people of God on the mission of God. And this is what First Principles is about. And in, in the first book we went through, you kind of see uh, some basic discipleship stuff that if you've been in the church for a while, then you get it. It's about how to read the Bible and pray and be a part of a church community a little bit. But as you get into the second book and we get into the other books, it's, it, it's, it's about renewing our minds to think more biblically. It's about a much bigger picture. And it's about much more than us just getting little Bible lessons down. But I really believe it's about us uh, getting ready um, to be a part of a movement that Jesus is trying to raise up through his church in the earth. And I look at the church in the Bible, and they're dynamic, and they're taking cities. I look at the modern-day church in China, and they are like, they don't have any, they don't have any government help. Uh, you know, they had some persecution lighten up for a while, and it seems like persecution in China is on the rise again, but it does not stop the thriving of the church or not, because their wineskin is, is a pattern after Christ and the apostles. And we've got something to learn from them. And I believe that 2020 and I believe even the rest of 2021, as the dust settles and people get, uh, you know, the vaccine goes out and pe some people get it and some people won't get it. And that's everybody's personal, you know, decision to do their research and pray about those things, right? But as things kind of resettle, I believe we're in a time where we got to continue in these studies throughout this year because we've got to learn what we need to know about our future. Uh, and, this, and, this, and because things are shaken up, some of our ministries and events and things we typically do are not the same, but that's a, it's a gift for us. So don't look, don't look uh, forward to the future of things going back to how they used to always be because I don't think they will ever return. I don't think even as Tom shared and the prophetic word that Christy gave through her, her painting and whatnot is that it's not about business as usual. It's not returning to business as usual. So as ministry leaders even, I want you to pray over your ministries and realize that 
that some of the things you've done, you might not ever do them the same way again. Because God's give, if he wants to do new things, someone's got to let go of old things to have time and space to do new things. Now, as we'll, we'll see from month to month as, as uh, crowds and restrictions and all these different things we have to consider and weigh when we make decisions, what we'll, what we'll allow. But what we will be doing is we'll continue our groups for discipleship. Um, throughout this uh, year to continue to build us. There's a leadership cohort, as many of you know, that's going mostly with staff and elders and a few others that are also going through uh, additional curriculum on top of the first principles to help us navigate how we're going to structure things in the future for multiplication. And you're a part of that process by, by joining first principles and learning and growing together. And, and if somebody misses book one or book two, it doesn't, bring them in book three or four. It doesn't, every, every book is standalone and would benefit any, anybody. Um, we've had people that have been coming to our groups that aren't Christians yet, and that's wonderful. Just bring people in. It's not just, it doesn't have to be a static Bible study. You pray together. You call heaven uh, down together. And, and you study together. And you encourage one another another and fellowship and and God's wanting to do all sorts of amazing things uh, through this time and through this year. Um, so the next thing is that uh, our goodness army has been doing a lot of things to touch our schools locally, families that are in need. Uh, the Everett Police Department, we've been able to do some outreaches to bless the officers and their families with gifts and things, and uh, we want to keep doing that. And so if you have a heart for outreach in the community, we'll look for ways to connect you this year uh, practically. And we need people that are connectors, that are dreamers, that have a heart to serve. Uh, there's a lot of places our city still needs help with, with food, with people that are in need, with people that are uh, between jobs. And so we're going to, this is a big key for us this year is to continue to stay outward focused, even in our prayer focus, is not just to pray uh, just for uh, uh, the Christians, right? But to pray for the city, to pray for the lost, to pray for people that, uh, uh, are near to the heart of God, but are far from God and that need hope and that need redemption um, in their lives. And we want to continue to touch uh, our city with the goodness army by bring, doing acts of goodness and g bringing gifts of goodness to the city around us. And then we, uh, I'm really excited to announce this because we've been sitting on this one for a little while. Um, but in 2021, we're going to break ground on our building expansion. And this is the, all about us having more ways to touch more people. Yeah, there's a clap. Come on, somebody, you can clap. You can be excited. But we are going to break ground, and we are going to expand. And I wish I could just bring you in our heart and mind to show you what our lobby is going to look like as we move out some of the offices and things, and we make room for a bigger space, and just see this. We're going to use polished concrete floors, and it's going to look sharp and it's gonna, there's going to be art from the Northwest and from different artists. It's gonna, uh, we, Grace and I love art galleries, and that's our vision for our lobby is to be a beautiful, inspiring place of worship that celebrates the region of the Northwest that God has planted us in, of Everett and Seattle and the surrounding, surrounding region. And then you come into a sanctuary where actually those back doors are actually going to be our, more like our center doors. Um, and our stage here is going to be on this back wall. And so instead of going into a long and skinny room, you're going to go into a more short and wide room that's going to feel more like a, a community um, seating to get, where we're seated together. Uh, uh, a bigger uh, stage and platform and uh, space to do what we want to do. We should, our back wall will get knocked out as a part of this. And so we should add, hopefully, we'll add about another third um, to uh, another 33% or whatever um, to our seating capacity and our space. And then as 
people are starting to come back to church again more and more in the future. Um, our, we have our new parking lot that we're so thankful for. We haven't had to use it a lot since we opened it last year. Um, but uh, we look forward to that time where we will need it. And we'll have greater seating, greater space. We're going to have to move some offices around as a result of making more space in our lobby. But then we're going to have our kitchen uh, over there. And we're probably starting, uh, we're going to look with the, the architect and the builders as we're going to start getting bids uh, the early this year. Um, and Craig's already going to have some projects uh, to just jump right into. Um, so we're so excited about that. Uh, but we're going to be getting bids on our uh, project. And so we're going to have a kitchen, a commercial kitchen. We're going to have a commons uh, fellowship area with tables and whatnot. So we can do meals together. We can do meals for our city. And we're, it's, it's time to break ground. So we're probably starting with the lobby kitchen commons area first, most likely. But we'll get all those details as the different layers. Layers of details come out, we will show you and make them available. The good news is we already have $200,000, over $200,000 that you have given um, to make this happen that we've been accumulating the last several years in our expansion fund. The, the, the even better news is that God's going to provide through his people the rest that we need because we're going to need in the millions, not just in the thousands. We'll, again, we'll get you the, the final uh, numbers as we have them or the almost final numbers because there's always usually some additions that come along the way at a certain point in the process. Process, but we're going to do a special offering called the Heart for the House offering on March the 7th. And there's some cards that I'd like you to get on your way out um, for missions giving and for the expansion giving. And for expansion giving, I'm actually not asking you to pledge for the whole year, but I'm asking you to pray about as a, a household, as, a, as an individual, or to pray with your spouse, to get together and pray and say, Lord, what would you have us give in a special offering, a heart for the house offering to give towards the building expansion on March 7th? And we want to see what can we do when we all bring a special gift. When God speaks to us, you know, like my dad used to always say, like a million dollars is only a thousand people giving a thousand dollars. And there's a lot of people that call Sunrise Christian Center their home. And there's a lot of people that a thousand dollars is a huge sacrificial gift. And there's a lot of people that a thousand dollars is a very small gift. But what I'm asking is, is that you would prayerfully start to consider how would you call us to give in the expansion of Sunrise Christian Center's building for a, for a, a larger lobby, for a kitchen, for a commons area, for a larger sanctuary. We'll move some offices around as a part of the project. But um, as we start this, I'd like you as a church to say, let's build something in 2021. Let's at least start the process. Let's see how many of these areas can we get done. It'll depend on how much money comes in and how God provides uh, through his people in this time. But this is an exciting time, I believe, for us to start to build something together, to focus on a goal together, to get out of the discouraging news of what's happening on the earth and say, let's start to build for the future together as a church family. So prayerfully consider how you can join. You have a couple months to start putting money aside and to start seeking the Lord and asking him, how would you have us give? I'm asking even as we start our three to seven fast uh, in uh, this next week on January 8th, that it'll be one of our prayer points for our fast that God would start to bring in uh, an abundance of financial resources for us to do our building expansion. And I am so excited for us to begin to start this. There is also a giving card to touch missionaries um, through missions giving. If you would like to give above your regular ties and support our missionaries, there's a pledge card for you to do so on a monthly basis. You can also set up in our giving app um, or through our text giving the ability to reoccurring gifts for our missionaries as 
well. But this is all so that we as a church can continue to touch people the way that Jesus has called us to do it and to be effective, to make space for the growth that we've anticipated has even happened in many ways this year. It's hard to see it because not as many people come physically from week to week during these uncertain times. But many people are being touched and being added and we are excited for making space for what God wants to do. Amen. Are you with us here in 2021? I'd like you to stand on your feet uh, as we close in prayer today. And that, I just want to thank you for joining us, for praying. I uh, would love to see you for our first uh, Revival Night uh, prayer time on January 8th, uh, this Friday night. And would love to um, have you prayerfully consider. So please get a heart for the house. Some of you got these in the mail uh, if you're on our church um, mail uh, list. Uh, right before the new year, but you can also grab one on your way out in a missions uh, giving card as well. Father, I just want to thank you for your people. God, I want to thank you for uh, Sunrise Christian Center and the legacy that my parents started when they planted this church in 1986. God, I thank you that you've been faithful to us as a church for all these 34 years now. And, and I want to just pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in our plans and visions of 2021. Lord, that any areas that aren't really a part of what you want to do, that you would uh, help us to, to uh, lay down things that don't belong. <laughs> but Lord, all those things that you have for us and that are even more than what we could ask or imagine, that we would fully embrace the ways you call us to move forward in courage and in obedience. And I pray that your blessing would rest upon your people, God. I pray that all the people that you've called to be a part of this church family, Lord, that they would find their place to use their gifts and their calling, that their anointing would grow, that they would, that they would know you, Lord, that marriages and families and households would be restored and be blessed, Lord God, that people would rise up in their calling, that you would open doors for your church, Lord God, not just for what you want to do in this physical space, but what you want to do all throughout Everett and Seattle, through Snohomish and King County and, and beyond this region, Lord God, because of the people that are a part of this church family, God. Cause us to be effective in making disciples. Cause us to be effective in being a disciple that makes disciples, to use our, our life and our influence and our family and our home and our, our vocation, Lord, God, as a, as a place and a vehicle for your kingdom to be advanced and for your glory to be known, Lord Jesus. That is our desire, is that your name would be glorified and honored in this space and this time. So thank you for preparing us as a people and showing us how we can participate to make a difference in what you're calling us to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church. Let's go. 2021. Happy New Year. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Sunrise Message of the Week. Help us get the word out. Share this content on your social media. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time.